With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to another episode of It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans, for Leicester City fans, all Leicester City fans tonight, no Aston Villa contingent, um, which is great. Just championship football to to talk about, lads. I'm not sure I'd say that was great before, but uh, it's good to have Steve and Tom, our regulars, and also Jack from Talking Balak's podcast. It's good to have you with us, Jack. Yeah, thanks Thanks a lot for inviting me on. Um, been listening, listening to you guys for for a while really enjoy your stuff uh hopefully i won't be uh be too negative this evening because there's a lot there's a lot to go through off the back of last year in the summer isn't there well there is yeah and we're just getting used to it tell us a little bit about your your podcast and how we can find that and, and really what the content is um so it kind of started just as like me and me and my friend Ewan, we we run he's a newcastle fan um and we just sort of we found ourselves after a lot of games like ringing each other and just sort of ranting about stuff. And we were like, we might as well just turn this into something because why not? It's just an excuse to do it. And people really liked it. It's just general football chat. We have people on from loads of different clubs and stuff. And yeah, so we, we're mostly on Spotify and YouTube. You can find us at uh, Talking Balax podcast. Um, it's just general football chat about all the different leagues, not just the Premier League. So perfectly suited for this year. Now we've gone down the league. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you enjoy people talking shit about football, listening to our show, <laughs> give Jack's one a listen as well. So it's great to have you with us, as I said. Steve, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's been a hectic day today. So I was uh, I was hoping to get some food and, and, and get back on the podcast on time, and I just about made it. So. What did you have for dinner? Actually, there's an Indian place in the, in the restaurant, so I had a double dose of... Uh, tandoori prawn starter with uh, sheikh kebab. Giving me flashbacks from when we were out a couple of weeks ago. That is spicy in the Indian, yeah, yeah, after the Northampton game. After the Northampton game, these guys about killed me with their, what was it, a chicken tikka? Jump crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we we digress and we move. Tom, great to have you with us as well. It's nearly season, mate. Our long hiatus is nearly over. Yeah, it has felt long as well, hasn't it? Um, it's yeah. I'll be I'll be glad to get back to it next week. To be fair, and I'll be glad for all this transfer nonsense to be over with all the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks after that, just yet. Yeah, a player that's obviously come in this week, the fifth signing of the transfer window, Steffi Mavididi, has signed from Montpellier. He's from Derby. Didn't require a work permit or anything like that to to come back. Uh, the most was it most capped player to play in Ligoon, uh, if I pronounced that right? Uh, he took over Glenn Hoddle's stat from that uh, from 1989. So uh, a guy that's got plenty of experience in in the top flight there, Jack. What, what do you know about him, and what can we expect? I'll be perfectly honest with you. 
the only thing I knew about him was that he'd been at Arsenal's academy for quite a long time. Like I know he'd been he'd played all the way through the ranks at Arsenal. In terms of what he'd really done in France, I didn't realise he'd played as many games as he had. And I thought he was a little bit younger. I didn't realise he was 25. So it's um, you're bringing in a player that's very, very, you'd hope is very, very close to be hitting his, hitting his prime, hitting his peak years. Um, and I mean, a lot of, from what you, what you see about Montpellier, like the, the, the montage that they did when, when they announced that he was leaving seemed to be, um, it seemed to be like they, they seemed sad to be losing him um, from a lot of the clips that I've seen. And obviously it's, it's, very, very difficult to judge a player off YouTube highlight reel. But he um, he looks like he's very, very good at and feels very, very comfortable running with the ball, very ha- happy to take players on and stuff. And I feel like, based on what we've seen in pre-season, that's, that little bit of creativity in the final third, that little bit of something extra to try and break teams down is what we're missing. Whether that will translate to the championship, I don't know. But yeah, I think I think he's looks like the right sort of mould or type of player that we need. So... I'm excited by the transfer. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do. Just a shame he's from Derby. It is a shame he's from Derby. I hope he's not a Derby fan. I saw him interacting <laughs> on Twitter with some fans last night. It seems quite excited to be here, Steve. It's it's nice to have a creative player come in, isn't it? Because I was starting to worry where the goals might come from this season. Yeah, even a sheep shagger. Um <laughs> Well, he's six foot tall as well, so he's not a little lad, is he? And I think he used to play for England in the same team as uh, Barnes, didn't he? In some of the youth teams and whatever, he worked his way through. I think he was, uh, I think it was Barnes that he was part um, that he used to play with. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, his his goal record is is a little worse than one in four, so he he does play more like a winger than an out and out striker, doesn't he? So. Um, but we need a replacement for Barnes. We were lacking on the wings. I don't know if he will play up front at all. If because um, uh, you know Pep does some strange stuff, so maybe son of Pep Enzo might do the same. You never know. Um, it's the lack of hair. It affects the way they think. I think. Um, <laughs> You're up with that, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'm up with that. <laughs> yeah, Tom, yeah, so it's a. I think it's a good signing, but I mean, like with so many, we don't know until we see them play. I think the the signing I've been most excited by is Cody because of his leadership, and of course now he's fogs. Yeah, yes, <laughs> he he's popped his metatarsal. Not good news. No, not good um, news. Yeah, and I think we missed his leadership against Liverpool when we went one down. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a, in a little while. Tom, I suppose the big question around Steffi Mavididi is, how's yeah. the fan that sits behind is going to be able to deal with Mavididi and Didi? Marcel- <laughs> <laughs> He'll moan with whoever's uh, up front or on the wing, won't he? So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think you know, it's pretty much exciting, guaranteed. An exciting signing, though. It is, yeah. I think, I think as you've mentioned there, you know, his, his experience and his stature is something that, it's quite it's quite good for us really um you know we we need someone up the top that that can receive a ball and and hopefully bang a few in because we've we've just not seen a striker in our side have a good run for too long now it's it's getting ridiculous um but the problem is because we're so untested in playing against championship teams um there's you know there's a lot of anxiety at the minute around the whole season i suppose yeah, absolutely. But it's good to have him on board. There are some fans that are moaning about the signing of Mavadidi already, Steve, saying that he's what, not... Leicester fans him. moaning? Leicester fans <laughs> moaning, yeah. What, what would you say to that? Oh, give it a rest. Come on. We haven't even seen him play. I mean, you, you've got to back the manager. He's going he's gonna to try and get us playing in a different way with substandard players. We're not going to be able to sign the players we used to sign. We're in the championship with had issues with financial fair play. Um, and compared to what we can get, I think he seems a reasonable signing. That, I mean, this is life now. We've got to we've got to readjust in terms of where we are and what we can do and build ourselves slowly back again, hopefully. Another signing that a lot of players, a lot of teams in the Championship wouldn't be able to make. And I'd look at the signings that we've made so far and suggest that would be the case with pretty much all of them so far. Winks, Cody... Uh, Hermanson as as well, uh, and obviously yeah. Doyle, and so it's nice to see s- some good players coming in. We still need quite a few though, and we'll have a chat around that a little bit later on. But what has happened since the last time we spoke was Harvey Barnes has departed, 
uh, thirty-eight million pounds to to Newcastle. Jack, is that a good 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 move for Harvey Barnes? And is it a good deal for Leicester? Um, I think the problem is when you get relegated, you lose your negotiating stance quite a lot. Like Madison going for forty million is the one that hurts the most because he's a easily. I mean, from what he's done for us the last few years, regardless of whether you thought he threw his toys out of the pram a little bit towards the end of last season, he's easily a £60 million plus player. And get relegated, you lose 20% off that. And it's the same with Barnes. His numbers alone, if we'd have stayed up, would have commanded upwards of 50. I think to get, I mean, the rumoured figure was 38 to 40 to 42 from depending on which source you, yeah, you, no, you listen to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if that was including add-ons or not, but I, I think, I think for the level we're at, that's a perfectly good amount of money for us to reinvest. Like, if you look at all the players we've brought in so far, we haven't even finished spending the Madison money. So, I think anything that we can get for these players really is is good. And I mean that respectfully because, like, the club are holding out for X amount of money for Castagna. The bloke don't want a beer. He looks absolutely miserable. Just mm. cut your losses and let him go. And regardless of whether you think he's a good player and could do a job for Maresca. If he doesn't want to be here, that was half the problem with why we ended up where we are. Just get rid of them. And I think that's the same with Barnes. I think for a local lad, it's a shame that he's had to go because I don't think he did want to go. But he's, he's a good enough player to play in a top 10 side. Newcastle being in the Champions League, that might maybe be a bit of a big step for Barnes. But we'll see. We'll see how he gets on. I think if you look at what Howe's done with a lot of those players at Newcastle, he could turn Barnes into a an excellent footballer, more so than he already is at times. But I, th- I think it's the right move. I think he's probably better suited there than going to Chelsea or someone like that, where the expectation is that he's got to be brilliant from minute one. I think uh, I think you're absolutely spot on there, Jack. But Tom, is he going to be well thought of from Leicester City fans, do you think? There seems to be a bit more of a of a understanding for him going to Newcastle than there was for Madison to Spurs. Yeah, I mean, obviously with him... Being a, a Leicester lad, <laughs> everyone's got a bit of a soft spot for him. Um, I think when when a club like Newcastle, with how they are at the minute and the trajectory that they're on, it's a no-brainer for him to go there. And I think he's done really well with that move, to be fair, because, you know, seeing him week in, week out, he's, he's not always all that. He's, he's kind of, he's got the, he's, he's had the potential to, to be brilliant, but... I don't know. It's been quite frustrating watching him sometimes. Not not quite take on his man and put put the right cross in. So um, yeah, I think I think my my issue with Barnes was he's kind of only got one end product, and it's the cut inside and, and the goal at the you know the the bottom of the far post. And I, I didn't really see much development other than that. So he was pretty good at that though, Tom. He was quite good at that. Yeah. And and the one twos to put him through and then yeah, yeah. hit it in. He wasn't necessarily beating a man, was he? That was never really no. and if he didn't beat them in the first time he went to take them on, that'd be his confidence done for yeah. the for the game. But Steve, over, over to you. How's history, Leicester City history going to look back on Harvey Barnes' stint at the club? Is he the most successful um uh, academy player we've had since Emil Heskey? Um, yeah, you probably have to say that as uh, your favourite Ben Chilwell was right up there, obviously, but in terms of what we got for him and everything. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I th- you know, I-, I think Jack's right. I don't think he was particularly hungry for a move, um, but it's the right thing for his career. He's left in a positive way. Um and we got a decent amount for him. Although you look back, we probably got less for Madison and Barnes than we got for Slabhead. Which yeah, is we a, did. Yeah, <laughs> a bit remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, oh, good luck to him. I say, I think he's done all right for us. He, he, I mean, it's all in his head, isn't it? If he's on, if he's he thinks he's on form and he gets starts the game well, he'll take players on. If he if he doesn't have much success, and I think Pipes was talking about this on one of our shows then then he, he kind of loses confidence and and stops trying to do it so um hopefully at Newcastle someone can help him sort his head out and he'll be more consistent yeah we wish him all the best though we hope I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I think he's got the best move out of all of these guys 
this season. That's yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why the fans get on to the players that much unless they unless they've been naughty in the way that they've uh, behaved around it. You know, so Mares. Yeah, Mares. Although he was, um, he he was actually, uh, you know, one of our best ever technical players. But he he was a bit naughty with the way he he, uh, he had the Mardis and uh, and refused to play. But Maguire gets a lot of stick, right? We made a fortune on him, and he and he did all right for us, and he left us on good terms. So I don't know why he gets all that shit. So I think it was it was what he said after he left, wasn't it? Like all the interviews he was doing, where he was absolutely like, "Oh, I've always wanted to play for Man United. I love playing here." And it's like, well, one year ago when we played Sheffield United in the cup, everyone was saying how you were a Sheffield United fan growing up. So I think it was just. Yeah. I think it was the things he and his brother didn't help either. I think it was I can't remember whether it was Joe or Lawrence. One of them on Twitter was giving it the big big ones to Leicester fans about him moving and being better than that and stuff like that. So I think I think his his family didn't help him. Right. Yeah, then winding us up after they got in the Champions League and we didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, there was a lot of stuff around that. Just while we're on ex players, uh, Wesley Fofana, he's injured for the season, of course. That deal looks better and better by the week for us, doesn't it? The, the amount of money we got back for him. Jack. It's the last good transfer deal we did, wasn't it? I think. I think. But um, I just, I just wanted to raise a point. What do we classify as a successful academy player? Because if we're talking genuine success, it's hard to look past Andy King, isn't it? I suppose. But um, anyway, yeah. that's just my my two cents on that. Um, yeah, I know you're right about Fafana. Uh, it's a shame, really, and um, um, it's hard for me to say that because I, I hated the way he left the club. I think he's someone that deserved the vitriol that was put mm. towards him because you can't go on strike and. I mean, you look at Moises Caicedo as a great example. Brighton put their foot down and just said, no, we're not selling you. He's back in the team. He's on a new contract and he'll he'll go for big money. Like Fafana would have probably threw his toys out the pram for a couple of weeks. And then when the window was shut, he'd have come back into the team. I think he wouldn't have missed out on any football. Um, but it is a shame because he was one of the best young players in the Premier League um, up until he got that injury. So it's, 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 it is a, a huge shame. But, you know, um, Chelsea throwing all that money around it does, and he's... I mean, if, if he's injury prone, what did, was he one of the first ones who was on one of those amortised contracts? He was on like a six or seven year contract. Yeah, yeah. If, he, yeah. if he's injury prone now, good luck shifting him because whatever money mm. he's on, he's um, he's going to be there for a while, isn't he? So, yeah, he is. How, how did Chelsea get around financial fair play? We were absolutely stricken by it last season, and they're spending hundreds of millions at a time. I mean, someone tell me, someone explain that to me. How does that work? <laughs> Well, I don't know I, if I can, I, I can't. I don't think. Yeah, it's difficult to explain. I mean, they've got, they haven't got a massive ground, have they? It's about thirty-eight and a half thousand or something, isn't it? Or forty-one. It's not big. I know they've got a lot of property on the outside that they get income from. I think even the apartments and flats outside are owned by the club. So it's all about revenue, and they'll obviously get a lot more overseas revenue than we we will. But it's still hard to imagine that they're. For the amount that they've spent, that work, yes, yeah, yeah. crazy, absolutely crazy. I wondered just as we were chatting there about players that we didn't like that we sold, if we could ever produce it. Leicester City hated eleven. I'm going to put that out on Twitter afterwards. Next <laughs> <laughs> Leicester City hated eleven. Dennis Wise in the centre of midfield, yeah, Fana at the back, Chilwell at left back. See, I'm starting this fairly well. Danny Ward in goal. It's no, it's a close. It's a close. He's not at left yet. back. It's, would it be Joe Matic or Ben Jewell? Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Was that, I don't know if any of you went to the game. It was, we, we won one nil away at Sheffield United a long time ago. Yeah. And he um he broke his leg. Yeah. yeah, he broke his leg, Joe Matic did, and we cheered him off the pitch and felt a little bit bad about that. But I was only 17 at the time. So I've You're grown right. as a person since then. Would you like to offer an apology to Joe Matic live on air? No. <laughs> <laughs> You've not grown that much, Joe. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. I feel. So, I feel bad about. It. I felt a little bit bad about it. That's as much as I'll say. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Mads Hermanson has come in as the I say number one goalkeeper, but he's the number thirty goalkeeper uh, at the moment. Steve, uh, what did you make of him on his debut against Liverpool? Obviously, he went pretty viral for his save with his head. Um, yeah, yeah. From, from um, uh, you're asking the cat, are you? What I think? Yeah, you, you're the uh, you know you're the expert. <laughs> In that area. Uh, yeah, difficult to tell from that game, but he made some good saves. Um, could he have done better? Maybe with one of the goals, he, he didn't push it out strong enough. And obviously they scored. Was that the first goal, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, 
Well, I thought he did well and a very, he, he did well with the headed save actually, because he had, you know, to receive the ball, he'd come out of his area and it was touch and go whether he was outside or inside, but when he headed it, um, he did the headed save. But I thought he looked okay. He was vocal, which Everson isn't. He's very good with his feet. He did some lovely clearances, yeah. looked very confident, which is obviously what Enzo is looking for. And um, was talking as well, which, you know, neither Ward or Everson seemed to be very vocal. And uh, he's given people bollockings when the goals were going in. So, um, yeah, I think a promising start. Yeah, I think so. He was getting up. So I was on a group chat. It was, you know, I hate to out them, but it was on the Leicester City Fan TV group chat that I've been, <laughs> I've been to and I really need to find my way out of. I probably won't edit that bit out. So there might there might be the work. Hermanson was getting absolutely slagged on there. And I thought I didn't think he did anything wrong at all. <clears throat> no. You can see why he's been bought in, can't you, Tom? Well, you can. I mean, we've we've struggled to to fill that void, really, haven't we, with what we were stuck with at the start of last season. So um yeah, you, you can see what why we've brought him in, and especially with his links to Casper. I mean, it kind of already gives you a bit more confidence with with why we're looking at him, in a way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Ward is unlikely to touch another ball, I'd say. And um, and Everson, I know you guys keep saying he's, he's, he's the one to sell, but I'd quite like to keep him in reserve, to be honest. It's only because he's going to want first-team football for the, uh, for the Euros, isn't he? to try and get right. things in the squad. So apparently we've set a £5 million price tag on him, which seems light to me, but then we only paid six for Hermanson. Right. Yeah. yeah, it seems reasonable, £5 million, I think. Um, he, he's a good shot stopper. Um, he's all right at, at claiming a cross and corner and whatever. He's not that vocal or commanding in other ways. And, and he's not good enough with his feet, is he, to play the way that no, that, that was something that really sort of struck me. And make no mistake, this season we're going to concede goals from losing it from the back. Yeah. That's going to happen. But the way that he's going to want us to play, he wants us to play this football. You can see the clipped passes that Hermanson was playing out and the movement that was going from uh, from full backs into the midfield. It, it looks like, I mean, first 20 minutes, I was quoted as saying by my, by my wife on Sunday, we're going to win the lot. <laughs> we did look really death, that was, wasn't it? Do you have a beer on Sunday morning? No, 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 that, that was, honestly, we looked absolutely unreal that first 20 minutes. I thought, Jack, anyway, did, did you? Oh, yeah, I'll be honest. I thought, yeah, I thought it was. This is why there's, there seems to be a lot of negativity that's come off the back of the game. And, and I don't think, funnily enough, it's come off what's happening on the pitch. I think, I think. I agree with people that say Maresk is being trying to work with one hand tied behind his back because I think on the pitch, and it was clear against Northampton as well, because you know we've only been able to watch two games that we played in pre-season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was clear against Northampton at times that his message is coming across and they're playing the way that he wants to. Pereira and Winks have slotted into that role together really well. And yeah, you're right. That first sort of first 20 minutes... I mean, if indeed he slots that one away when he hits it straight at Keller, if he's a bit more composed and tries to lift it, I mean, it's the wrong player really in that position. But I think if we go one nil up, it, there's a bit more confidence there. I think go, going one nil down was the worst thing that could happen to us, really, um, yeah. because that just meant they got into gear, they found they found their feet. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought particularly when you thought who we were playing against, the fact that it wasn't our strongest eleven on paper. And it was very, very close to Liverpool's strongest eleven on paper. We looked like we were really going to take the game to them. Didn't end up being that way. It faded. But I think we shaded it first thirty minutes, didn't we? I think. I mean, what there was one there was one stat that popped up on the t- on the screen for me that said um, possession in the opposition half. And I think it was about twenty five minutes into the game, we'd had seventy percent, they'd had thirty percent. And against, I don't think we've ever done that against Liverpool, even when we were good against them. Like mm. it's it shows that what he's saying to them on the training ground and what is coming across on the pitch, that's working. I just think he's being held back in, in other areas. In terms well, of recruitment or I just think that the fact that there's a tour you know at all. Well I think I think it's all all of the above really. I think I think 
really when you're trying to implement a new system, you've got a new manager coming in, you need to be giving him the opportunity to play games. And I think I get why, if the tour was successful, I get why they've done it, but it wasn't. I mean, even if you look at the game against Spurs that got cancelled, the stadium was mostly Spurs fans. Like I don't like there was barely any Leicester fans there. The game in Singapore, there was barely any there. It hasn't really developed our, it wasn't really a big marketing ploy for us. Yes, we saw on Twitter all the stuff with Chang and they had an open training session and whatever, which we never saw any images from that really on social media either. So how many people attended that? Um, and it, it sounds like I'm being overly critical, but I just think it's such an important pre-season for us as a club. It should have been focused on regrouping, getting everyone together and focusing on the task at hand, which is trying to get back into the Premier League at the first time of asking. Because the best marketing exercise this club can do is be, is dining at the top table. Being in the championship, people aren't going to be that bothered, let's be honest. And, and, and I'm, that's this isn't me criticising King Power, this is me trying to look at it from a realistic point of view. What have we really gained? Actually, we went to the far side of the world for two weeks and we played one friendly against a team that I've never heard of, that we never saw what the what the game was like and we won 1-0 and we got battered in the end by Liverpool. And that's not to say we wouldn't get battered by Liverpool even if we played well. It just screams to me that it's not very good preparation. Then on the other hand, in terms of the negotiations, like I said earlier, a lot of these players don't want to be here. So why are they playing every minute of pre-season? Why are we not just cutting our losses and selling them? Because it's... it's uh, we're playing Coventry on Sunday. The team we haven't played for 12 years. They will be bang up for it. Like, even if it's not us, they will be bang up for it because Marums is a good manager. They just narrowly missed out on the playoffs. We're going up through the playoffs last season. They've recruited Do I really want... as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've signed some really good players and they've retained some of their better players as well. They've still got Armour. They've still got... Um, oh, they had... The midfielder. Young... Yeah, can't remember his name. Um, but they've got, they have got some good players. The they don't play great football. Him. Yeah, they don't play great football, but they will be a hard team to beat. Do I trust that players like and I don't want I don't want to dig these players out too much, but do I trust that you know Castagna, Vestergaard, even Faz to an extent will be really up for it like we will want them to be? I don't know. We'll find out on Sunday. But I just think that he's he's come in, everyone was really excited about it, really positive because the club looked like they were going in a different direction. And he's it's been a pretty for want of a better term, piss poor preseason, to be fair, if I'm if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. Yeah, the Belgians look like they don't want to be here at all, do they? Mm. Yeah, I mean, Faz, I, I thought Faz looked really, I thought Faz looked really shaky against Northampton. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'd every time the ball went over to his side, and he was being pressed by the striker, he didn't look comfortable. And I thought you're going to get that all season from better players as well. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting. I don't want to be too negative because I'm really excited for Sunday. Actually, weirdly enough, yeah. Um, but it's just. I'm I'm not as forgiving as some people for the for what happened last year. I think I think some people have seen that we've signed quite a few exciting players and just gone, oh great, we're signing players. That's everything's good. But I haven't forgiven them yet. Not the players because most of them are gone and the manager's different. I just haven't forgiven a certain man who's. Um, Rhymes been, with Tuskin. Yes, yeah, yeah, something like that. But yeah, he's a if he can be a director of football at a big football club, I, I can I can still be a player. I'm telling you now, I can still play. Well, I'll, I'll hold on to that hope as well then. <laughs> I'll be laughing at um, Should the tour have been cancelled, Tom, in, in your opinion? When we got relegated, we talked about all of the st- all the, the stuff that Jack's just said there, everything that goes with it in terms of giving Enzo Maresca the best possible opportunity of getting the squad yeah. for the start of the season because we're, we're not ready. We're not ready for, for Sunday, in my opinion. No, I'd, I'd agree. Um you know, without without a cancelled game, it's you know what we've seen hasn't looked like we've got anything that looks like a, a sort of solid team together. Um, whether it should be cancelled, is I mean, it should have. It absolutely should have been cancelled, but I'm I'm sure things were signed off well in advance, and you know, there's kind of no way we can pull out of something like that at that kind of stage, but. Um, they might well have a good bloody look at um, at the planning for next season, <laughs> depending on where where we sat sort of halfway into the season, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a shame, really. That I mean, we've, we've all thought as soon as we've been relegated, why why the bloody hell are we flying over there? Stupid, really, it's isn't it? Like, you want to get us behind the team, not 
not people who who don't watch them. So yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It's not a championship thing to to do, really, to go and fly out there. No, some of the preparation that some of the local teams have had. Um, it almost shows. Sorry, it almost shows their ignorance to the position we were in. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, they, it's almost really, like, isn't it? yeah, it's like they were like, oh, you know, we're still a Premier League club. It's like, well, we're not. Yeah. Reality says that we're a Championship club, and if we don't get this season right, the Championship is very unforgiving. We could be here for another five, ten years. It's you look yeah. at Stoke. Stoke, Stoke went down, and everyone thought they'd bounce straight back up. Swansea went down. Everyone thought it's like Watford last season because they always bounce back up. Norwich. It's not an easy league to get out of anymore, no. unless you are. Very lucky, and Burnley and Sheffield United because I thought the actual standard of the league last year was quite poor. What worries me more than any of this, Steve, and I don't want to talk around negative things on the eve of the season, but the the mentality when we concede one, we concede two and three, and it's still there, isn't it? It's still ingrained within the side that we've got. Yeah, the fragility is still there, and it was it was clear to see we played really well until the the first goal went in. There were some warning signs, and uh, you know we were giving the ball away a little too much. We'd started to do that before they scored, but um, yeah, the fragility is still there. And let's be honest, it's not going to go just because we changed the manager and playing a different system. We've got to put a, a run of results together good results together in the championship for that to start to dissipate, I think. And um, and that won't be easy because uh, yeah. we're trying to play a new way. Um, we still, as uh, as you said, Jack, still got a few want-away players hanging around. And I don't know why he's playing them. Is he actually really hoping to persuade them to stay? The likes of Castagna and Vestergaard and Pratt. He seems to want it. Or is he just putting them in the? Is he been told to play them so they're in the shop window? I don't know, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, so I mean, if we don't get off to a good start, I don't, I don't see it improving much. And you know, we shouldn't expect miracles. We we're probably going to have eight or nine new players, I would think. You know, not before the transfer window ends. And we're trying to play a new system and we've lost a lot of our best players, no matter how poor their attitude was last year. So we we really need to get off to a good start to change that mindset of, oh, we've let a goal in shit where it's finished kind of thing. And with that, Sunday becomes a huge game, doesn't it? I think back to the, to the season where we got relegated with Mickey Adams and we, we went up that season and it all started with a 2-0 home win against Watford where Brian Dean scored both of the goals and we, mm. we probably weren't favourites to go back up that season but you just start to change the mentality you just start to win games and make that a habit and, and then things can change we'll, we'll put a pin in that conversation for the time being I've got a game of last man standing to play I've got got one for you tonight and uh, yeah I know it's been a while isn't it yeah I've never played what are the rules so the <laughs> rules are um, I'm going to ask a question and right. whoever's last in as in doesn't give a wrong wrong answer, will be the winner at the end. So there are 27 options for you to to go by on this question. Um, these lads will probably only last one or two rounds, if I'm honest. I should say. I I just want to go back to the, the glory days of when Leonardo Ajoa was our, mm. was our record signing, uh, and he cost a effing fortune, as we well know, as per the popular song. Um, since then, we've signed 26 players who have cost more money than Leonardo Ajoa. And I do apologise, I'm in euros and not pounds, um, but Leonardo Ajoa cost us in euros, as my screen takes ages to uh, load, 10.1 million euros. So I'll give it in euros. You can do the quick maths on that. If anyone's bothered, if you're not, then, you know, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um <laughs> Simple as that, really. Uh, yeah, 27 players have cost more. So I'm going to start with you, um, Jack. Um, Wesley Fofana. Wesley Fofana is on there. He is number two. Cost us 35 million euros. This is according to transfermarket.co.uk. Steve, I'm coming to you next. I'm going to go with um, Jacker. Patson Dacker's number five, 30 million euros, well spent. Tom? Uh, Islam Slomani. Islam Slomani is on there. He is number four on the list, 31 million euros. 
well spent. Oh man, that goes back to that. <laughs> hey, scored, to that he's, scored some big goals in the Champions League, to be fair. He did, yeah, he did. He, he keeps going back to that point for me. I keep looking at Villa at the minute and the way that they're spending and, and getting the right, in my opinion, the right players in. And we've mm-hmm. missed so many opportunities to do that, haven't we? I know it's not an exact science, but... We, that was a shocking window, wasn't it? That was a shocking awful. transfer window. Hernandez, Musa, Slimani, uh, Gokhan Inle. Oh, no. Mendy. The season before, wasn't he? Mendy. Non- Mendy, Mendy, yeah. Yeah. Back to you then, Jack. Um, Ian Acho. Number six on the list, 27.7 million euros. In 2017-18, he's been with us six years now. Needs to achieve everything for us this season, I think. He's the main man if we keep hold of him. Steve, back to you. Yeah, got to be old Musa, hasn't it, as well? He's, uh, he... Yeah, I gave that one away, didn't I? 19.5 did. million euros. He's number 13 on the list. Tom? Faster guard. Yeah, number <laughs> I'm laughing as I say it. <laughs> 17.6 million euros. Jack, back to you. Ivora. Ivora is number 20 on the list, 15 million euros. This is going oh, back. I always forget about him. Yeah. I think the reason this is this one, I, I don't I don't mean to put the kiss of death on anyone here, but this I think it's because they're all quite recent. Hmm. I think there's a recency bias to it, isn't it? I think the, the, with the inflation of prices. So the, yeah. if, the, if it was like 20, 30, 25 years ago, you'd be... Yeah. I mean, Mark, Mark uh, Draper in real terms cost 70 million or something like that. From <laughs> <laughs> his million pound transfer. Steve, back to you. Uh, Slabhead, Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire is number 25, 13.7 million euros, 12 million quid, mm. I think. Tom? Ricardo. Ricardo is on there as well. He is number eight on the list, 22 million euros. I've got big hopes for Ricardo this season, guys. What, what do you think? Mm, I agree. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't jinx him. Well, he fits no, into no. the new system he'll, really well, doesn't he? So, he's uh, just played uh, a paper, isn't he? That's the problem. Yeah, he'll get injured away. It, it, it'll be brilliant against Coventry, then get injured for six months away at Huddersfield, won't he? More than likely, more than likely. Jack, back to you. Um, have we said Yuri yet? Nope. Number one on the list, Aston Villa's finest. No, Yuri Tillemans. Steve. Me again, is it? Um, we're only about halfway through the little, well, not even that, are we? Um, ooh, uh, I, I would go for. Um, Happy Mendy. Happy Mendy. Oh, we scroll to the next page. Uh, no, he's not. He's number 19 on the list. Uh, 15.5 million. Tom? Uh, Castagna. This is where I tell you that my uh, page is completely frozen. <laughs> uh, number 10, 21, just under 21 million euros from Atalanta. Jack, that's a lot. Um, I'm trying to remember who said what. I haven't been writing these down. Um, Perez? Where is he, Perez? Yep. Oh, yeah. Number three, oh. 33.4 million. To not, not, that he was wow. that, not that he was that bad, but third third highest transfer like we've signed of all time. He wasn't that bad. He played out of position most of the time, but my word. That's a he lot got of money for stick, him. though. Three, four, yeah, yeah. Perez, Samani, and Daka. Uh, you've said all of those already, so yeah. that's it. That's crazy. Steve, back to you. Yeah, well, I'd say about Perez, he's uh, he was played out of position, but he, he was he had such a lot of talent, and he 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 displayed it about five percent of the time for us. He was a real waste of money. I think. I feel like this is a delaying tactic from you. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with. Uh, Old Wilf and Didi, our new winger, come striker under the... yeah number sixteen on the list, seventeen point six million. This is unheard of that you guys are in after rounds like this. <laughs> yeah, Koi uh, uh, yeah, cheeky bastard. Dennis Pratt. Dennis Pratt is on the list. Yeah, number fourteen, nineteen point two million. Looks like we're going to be selling him to Torino. Hopefully, uh, they're going to come back in with a 
with another bid for him, um, by all accounts. So he doesn't want to be here, as you could tell that at Northampton away. His body language was abysmal. Yeah. Jack, back to you. Um, I'm going to go with Mr. 14 seconds, Adrian Silva. Correct. Number 11 on the list, 20.5 million. Steve? Oh, I'm struggling a bit now. Um, well, uh, the whole show is going to be this this game. Uh, Gokhan, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Gokhan Inler. I can't remember if we got no, him. He's, three a, he's a free transfer. Oh. I I think, was he a free three transfer? Three. What did he cost? I think, he, I, think, I think he was, yeah. I think so. He's not on the list anyway. So. It can be a well, replacement. He's, 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 he's number 33 on the list though, Steve. He's too low for you. Seven, oh, how much was it? Oh. Uh, back to you then, Tom. I was going to go for Cambiasso, but I don't think it's right. Are you going to go for it? Might as well. Yeah, you're not right. <laughs> no. He was a free transfer. Um, Jack, well, well done. Set me up. Oh, thank you. You'll have to come back on again to defend you. You've got to answer the next one to be a real winner, though. Yeah, good point. You have to answer one more. Uh, I'm going to throw out another stinker. Uh, Rashid Ghazal. Oof. Yeah, number 23 on the list. 40, oh jeez, we've had some absolute 14. I probably, I probably, I, I don't know. I feel like we've had, I feel like we've had some absolute stinkers when it comes to actually yeah. like paying money for players. Like, I think my next one probably would have been Vestergaard as well. I think he was about 20 million as well. Yeah, the missing, missing ones, guys, in the uh, the list are James Madison, uh, 25, uh, of course, right? Uncle uh, <laughs> Samara. About fast, Harry Souter definitely not fancied, and we'll have a chat about him in just a second. Uh, Victor Christensen, Danny Ward, <laughs> 12, 12 million quid, I think. Yeah, Harry Winks and Shinji Okazaki. Oh, Okazaki. Mm. Well, how how do you feel on this illustrious victory? I mean, I feel like I've put pressure on myself now. I'm back on again. I've got to yeah, defend it, haven't I? So I'd, if, I'd, I'd have been better off losing the first time, wouldn't I? <laughs> well, I'm going to come to you first as your uh, as your trophy for victory now. So, um, oh, amazing. Yannick Vestergaard looks like he might get the nod to start on uh, on Saturday on Sunday. Sorry, uh, he was booed onto the pitch at Northampton by a minority of the supporters. What's your view on Yannick, and has he got a part to play for us? I mean, I don't know why we're booing him. He barely kicked the ball last season, so it's not his fault we've gone down, is it? Um, but uh, I'm not being funny. I think booing your players on... T- I, mean, I get why people... I do get why people boo, because I think you're well within your rights if you spend money to to voice it, and there's only so many ways you can do it when the players are actually there in front of you. I do understand it, but booing a player onto the pitch who really has never done that much wrong, let's be honest. Like, yes, he's not very good. We knew he wasn't that good when we signed him. I think that's really piss poor of certain groups of the fans, but I think I think we've been quite spoiled over the last ten years. And I don't I don't mean to be that that person, but like there is a massive gulf in the fan base at the moment because you've got people obviously older than me who've seen it as well. People my age, like my first season as a season ticket holder was that year when we beat Watford two 0 the first game of the season. Like obviously I've been before that, so my upbringing was basically us being shit. So us going back to the championship now when we've gone straight back down and we're favourites to come back up, don't mind it that much. But I think the energy should be channelled at other areas. Vestergaard himself, I think he has he has to play. If we're going to play the way that we're playing, when we switch to that three at the back, he has to be the one in the centre. He's not quick enough. He's not mobile enough to be the one that gets pulled out wide like Doyle or whoever's he's going to play on the right, whether it be Faz or maybe Justin might slot into that role. He has to be the central one. I think in Mareska's system, he's got a chance because he he, he can't half spray a ball. I'm not being funny. His passing range is, is outstanding. Yeah, and I, I, can't, I can't stress that enough. So actually, I think if we're under pressure in terms of just getting the ball and hitting diagonals to hopefully Mavadidi and maybe another winger on the other side, there is potential there. And we also have to remember that we've dropped down a division. The A lot of the players and strikers that he's going to come up against, like, Sims, who he's going to play on Sunday, if Ellis Sims goes straight into their starting lineup, he, he is quick, he is mobile, but he's also a big lad who likes to pin his centre half. And if he can get Vestigard in a physical battle, that might be an interesting matchup. Long term, I don't think he's going to be the key centre half. I think when Cody comes back in, he's the one that's going to miss out. 
I wouldn't pin my hopes on him as a key member of the starting eleven. Do I think that he's going to be the worst player in the division? Absolutely not. I think we give him a chance. We're a level down. We've got to work with. If he wants to leave, if he openly wants to leave, he just shouldn't be here. And that goes for any of the players that we've got, even ones that we like. If they don't want to be at the club this year, then we should get rid of them. Um, I, I will I will pass judgment when I see him play at the champion championship. If he's still crap, then yeah, don't play him. But if he does a job, then I think what what else can he do? Uh, what do we think of Harry Suter's chances then, Tom? He doesn't seem to be in that much of Enzo's plans at the moment. He doesn't seem to fancy him. Surprising, really, isn't it? Because he obviously came in and was pretty strong for us. And that, he was kind of what we needed <laughs> in amongst an absolutely horrendous uh, back lineup. So, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Um, yeah, it'd be nice nice to be able to see what what's going on behind the scenes with, with the decisions there, really. Um, I kind of got to echo Jack really with with all the hate that the Vestergaard gets. I mean, uh, yeah, he's he's had some bad moments for us, but booing him in a pre-season game is ridiculous, isn't it? Like, <laughs> what do you think that's going to do to his confidence? I mean, I'm sure the boos are, are mainly aimed at managerial decisions, but it's the player that's affected by those. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, how about for you? Who's your centre-back pairing for for Sunday, if you were going to uh, pick the team? Well, it would be Cody and Suter, but obviously Cody's not fit. Um, it's probably going to end up being Vestergaard and Doyle, isn't it? Stop you there a second, Steve. Tom, are you drinking WKD Blue? <laughs> no, mate, I'm not Aiden. It's just uh, it's water. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Sorry, Steve, carry on. Just a tinted glass. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Tom, if you were, I'd, Tom, if you were, I'd rate it. You're just getting ready for Sunday for four days early. Yeah. Jamie Vardy. <laughs> yeah, Doyle, Doyle looks a little bit, has looked a little bit shaky for me. Um, and I wonder if he's ready. Um, but yeah, I would have gone for Suter and Cody. If, you, if you're going for a back three, I might have thrown Doyle in. I wouldn't play Vestergaard if he's going to go. But it looks like he might play him. But Cody obviously won't be fit. Apparently, no. It's a tarsal injury he's got. He's going to be out for a number of weeks. Uh, I'm not seeing anything official on that, just from a bit of, bit of hearsay, really, that's, that's that's going on at the moment. So it definitely doesn't look like he's going to be fit for, for Sunday. Who would your centre-back pairing be, uh, Jack? See, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking if he's going to go for what he's been playing in pre-season, um, I think he'll probably start with, if we're going to... I mean, I, I want to try and do it when we're in possession, because hopefully we'll have most of the ball... I think obviously he'll have that Pereira right back. I think it will be Faz Vestergaard, Doyle at left back. So then when Pereira pushed into midfield, they had the back three like that is what I would go with. Whether that's what he's going to do, I don't know because I don't actually know if Faz is fit because he was left out on Sunday for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I think I think really he's got to stick to his guns. If he is missing Cody, he's just got to carry on playing the system. I wouldn't try and at this point, bear in mind we've already said about the shocking preparation he's had I wouldn't change the system now I'd just try and put a square peg in a round hole if I can um, but yeah I think it will be if we do a starting back for Pereira Faz Vestergaard Doyle I don't I don't know how I feel about Faz or Suter I think they've both got a point to prove but for very different reasons I think Faz needs to show that he's not shocking because I thought at the end of last season he was really poor he's start of last season Brit- Brilliant. Um, Vestergaard has a point to prove, but Suter does as well because the last two managers didn't fancy him. Smith came in, played him against Man City. He was brilliant, actually. Even though we lost, I thought he was really good at Man City. Um, and then went to Newcastle, played really well again. was probably our best player that night as well. And other than that, didn't play him. So I think he's got a bit of a point to prove as well. But that, that right centre-back position, I think Vestergaard will start. I think that right-hand side centre-back position is the one that's up for grabs with Cody not being there. Mm. It's uh, it's not something I think any of us would have thought about the beginning of pre-season, is it, that we go into the game against Cov with, with Vestergaard at centre-back, but we certainly wish him all the best for, for Sunday if, if that is the case. Uh, in terms of atmosphere for the for the weekend, what are you what are you expecting, Steve, when you go down there on, on Sunday? It's going to be a full house. It's going to be lively. There's going to be 3,000 Cov fans down there. 
How are you feeling? Well, I, I think there's going to be a, a a lot of moaning when Vestergaard is on the team sheet anyway. So it's not going to start that well. And if we if we struggle a little bit, or if we start well like we did against Liverpool, but don't put the ball in the back of the net, and then Coventry start to get in the game, I think there'll be a lot of whinging starting again. So I think it might it, it might start off fairly well. There'll be some rumblings about the team selection, and we haven't signed enough players, and what, why is Vestergaard playing? But if we don't go a goal up, um, I can see the crowd starting to get impatient with it all. You know, I've already heard things like, well, it's no different to Rogers. It's backwards and you know sideways and possession. It's not how we play. Blah 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 blah. And it's nothing like we played under Rogers. But although we did want to try that system before Pereira got injured last yeah. year, so yeah. um, so I'm not I'm not hopeful. There's You're just hopeful. two big expectations <laughs> in the crowd. I think. You're not hopeful. I'm You're not, not, I'm not hopeful the crowd. I'm not hopeful of how the crowd will react now. Right, I thought you mean you weren't hopeful in general. <laughs> well, so don't say that. That's going to set, no, us all, no. set us all back. Patience is the key word that you've said there, Steve. Uh, yeah. Tom, how likely is it that Enzo will get patience from the from the fans? Because bringing the system in that he's bringing in, he sort of requires <laughs> players of a certain level, doesn't he? If he hasn't got them, it's going to take a while for it to, to work. Yeah. I, I think... The manager will get patience from the fans. I think it's the players that everyone will be looking at. I yeah, think that's, right. I, I think that's where the uh, the criticism is going to be. Um, I mean, I think the crowd's going to be absolutely banging on Sunday. I just think after three or four home games, if we're not doing so well, it'll be rotten. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hoping. Anyway, that that everyone's all smiles and, and what have you beforehand. But as, as Steve says, I, I imagine there will be a few grumbles about Vestergaard. Um, you know, the new manager coming in and and making what some people might think is a backward decision. Um, when he gets the captain's armband, it's going to go off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't we stick him up top? Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. So in front of, I think we've agreed sort of on the, the back four that we would have there. In front of that, is it as simple as saying, Jack, it's going to be Winks, um, I was going to say Tillemans then, Winks, uh, KDH and, and Didi? Yeah, I don't really know how to line up the midfield, like in terms of, you know, when you like lay out your team with the way it's two teams in and out of possession. Because um, obviously we said Pereira would be right about it, but he'll also be in centre mid. Um, but yeah, I think it would be Winks. And then I think really it's kind of the four players in front of him because they kind of, I feel like the wide players aren't wide players. They kind of drift in field as well. Um, but yeah, I think the main three in midfield based on what he's played in recent weeks would be Winks and Didi and KDH. Because I think actually KDH has got to play that late runs into the box kind of position, a bit more freedom. I think he's perfect for that role. And Didi in that role, I mean, he's looked reasonable. In games, I do think sometimes in that position, out of position, out of possession, he looks a bit lost at times. I thought against Liverpool at times, like he didn't, he didn't really know where he was. But again, he won't be playing against many teams like Liverpool in that position. So I think, yeah, I think, I think I would start those three. Whether that's the three that he'll go with, I hope so. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think that's probably the most likely option, isn't it? I'll come yeah. to you, Steve, for the wingers then, if that's the case. Does Mavidi go straight into the lineup? And if so, who's on the right-hand side? Yeah, I think he does. Um, I think he goes straight in. Who's on the right-hand side? Well, if, we, if we're if playing five and then three, that's nine players. Only, I, I think it's Pereira's that will move. Or, Pereira, Pereira will play right or, And Didi's been ending up on the right wing, wasn't he, at Northampton? He ended up there. When I guess we where I was leading you is, is it going to be an old-timer like Mark Albrighton or is is he going to go for Casey McAteer and and stick a, a kid in from the, the beginning? Well, the way he played against Liverpool, I think he's better than Albrighton right now. I think he had a good game against Liverpool. for a, He's not that young a lad anymore, but I thought he played well. Uh, got stuck in, got past his man a couple of times. Um, so why not? And then that leaves the big question, Tom, of who's going to be sticking them in up top. We've got three <laughs> options there. 
in terms of Vardy, uh, Daka and Ianacho. It's really difficult, isn't it? If you look at the odds for Golden Boot for the Championship, all three of those are the top three. Is that uh, right? No, Bloody no, hell. No, no one knows who's going to be up front for us. If really the Sindak could play. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'd, I'd start Ianacho, but, you know, he's, he's not had a decent run of goals and games for a long time, so... It's it's a really tough call at the minute. I mean, <laughs> who would you go for, Mark? I'd go with Ian Acho, I think. Yeah, I think he's the the natural sort of finisher that's up there, isn't he? And I think chances are not going to be coming that thick and fast to us in the opening few games while the squad gels. I might be wrong. We might batter Cov 4-1, which is going to be my prediction, um, just because I'm <laughs> overly optimistic. But... Um, you, yeah, I think it's going to be tight on, on Sunday. And I think we need someone that's going to be clinical. I don't think Vardy's match fit. I don't think he was no. at Northampton. I don't think he looked sharp at all. No, he didn't. So, I'll be honest. I'm, I want to be controversial and say I don't care whether the top three. I, I think we need somebody new. And that's not to say we said all three of them, but I just think Daka is an interesting one because maybe dropping down a level might be right for him. Like I say, I don't think Vardy's 100% fit. And I don't think Ian Acho, as good as he is and as good as his goal record is, I don't think he suits the system. He likes to drop deep into the midfield, pick up the ball, link up the play. Whereas if we watch the way that Maresca plays, he wants bodies in the box. Mm. And if Ian Acho is dropping deep all the time, who's, who's your ball in behind? Because we only play with one Wolfram striker. Deacon. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> the man who can't finish, like clearly can't, can't finish. But him, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I really like the links to Joel Piro, but I think he's just, for a championship striker, the money is... A lot, and it's a big gamble in case it doesn't quite come off. I think they want million the reckon, don't they? Yeah, which I think if he ends up getting us back to the Premier League and he's the Golden Boot winner, fifteen million well spent. But it's a lot of money if it goes wrong. Um, I think I think that position is at the moment probably the 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 hottest contested, but not for the right reasons. It's kind of who's the least yeah. shitter out of them at the moment. Yeah, I think you're probably yeah. probably right. None of them are in form, are they? They haven't been fair. Yeah. As no. Tom said, quite quite a long time. So that's yeah. probably going to be one on the team sheet that we'll we'll look forward to on Sunday to see who uh, Enzo is putting his faith in. Guys, we, we've almost run out of time. It's been a very very quick hour that we've had tonight, faster than usual it seems. And um, I will take some predictions from you if that's okay. We have a prediction league that we we run. You're more than welcome to to join us in in that, um, Jack. So. Uh, I'll start with Steve, if that's okay, for your prediction for the weekend. Yeah, I think we're we're going to have a pretty decent season, but I think we'll start slow. So my prediction, sadly, is one all. Tom, two one Leicester, and Jack. I kind of same vibe. I'm thinking like a shaky one nil win. Right, I'm going to go four one. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Well done, Mark. Yeah, we're going to smash him. Dirty. Let's <laughs> hope you're right. Scumbags. Yeah, forget commentary. I'd love I'd love to meet that bloke, you know. I'd love to meet that bloke. <laughs> yeah. Don't know where he is, don't know who he is, but he's he's Still iconic. The same shirt from there, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, well that's it. So thanks very much for joining us, Jack. Will you join us again at some point? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, whenever 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 you want me on. Give me a call. Yeah, been, free. I'll, I'll be more than happy to join you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Where, where are you going to be on Sunday? Where, where do you sit? Where, what's your pre-match routine look like? Um, well, Sunday will be a bit different. I was hoping in the Championship there'd be more Saturday 3 o'clock, but how wrong was I on the first game? Um, usually, uh, when it's home games, because I live really in, in the city, go down to any one of the pubs, usually saw a point, and then yeah. head down to the game whenever. Um, I mean, SK4? So just at the far end of the cop. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, have to start a couple of hours earlier on Sunday, but I'm a teacher, so I'm off. So if I am hungover on Monday, it'll be all right. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Steve, Tom, thanks very much for, for joining us again. I think we're up to 75 episodes now, so a little bit of a milestone for us this evening. Ooh. It's going to age us slightly, yeah. Uh, but no, all, all good stuff. But if you've listened to it tonight, we, we appreciate it. Uh, and that's another episode of It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. And we'll join you again next time. A modern day football miracle. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown us 
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.